What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing his praise. Oh, it sounds like music in my ear. It's the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. There is a name I love to hear. Oh, I love to sing his words. It sounds like music in my ear. It's the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I Love Jesus because he first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his love. A sweetest sinless plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. 
It sounds like music in my ear. It's the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Come on, sing with me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. It tells me what my father had in store for every day. And oh, I thread a dark some path. It yields sunshine all the way. Come on and sing. Oh, <clears throat> how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Because he first loved me. Because he first loved me. Amen. There is a name. Amen. A name that's given above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Amen. Jesus Christ, he's Lord. Amen. I know a lot of times people like to be lordship over you. Amen. Won't tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. But Jesus, he's Lord. Amen. Thank God for Jesus our kinsman redeemer, that wheel that's in the middle of a wheel, the lily that's in the valley, the bright and morning star. Amen. Our brother, our elder brother. Amen. Jesus Christ the righteous. Amen. Thank God for the sacrifice that he made. No greater love had any man than this, than that man would lay down his life for his friends. Amen. He called us no more servant, but he called us his friend. Amen. And the songwriter said, oh, what a friend I have in Jesus. Amen. We thank God for Jesus Christ. Amen. The greatest gift that God could ever give to this world 
Amen. Jesus, who came to set free from the penalty of sin. Amen. Thank God for each and every one of you. Amen. Uh, our lesson on tonight is going to be coming from the 19th chapter of 2 Samuel. I pray that those that was with us on last week did read through the, uh, the chapter to see what it, in, it entails that when the word is broke down through the revelation of God's spirit that we all can be on one accord. Amen. And that's what we need. We need one accord. Amen. Because when we on one accord, it'd be like the day of Pentecost. Amen. And we all could hear in our own language. Amen. Your language might be a financial situation. Another person's language might be marriage or trouble. But whatever the language that he's speaking in, amen, that we receive it in, amen, we may be on one accord because the word of God is a healing to all of those different things. I don't care what the problem may be. The word of God is a healing salve to it all. Amen. We are the New Wave Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Herman L. Evans. We're located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is nwoflife2002 at yahoo.com. Amen. If you have a question, amen, that you need answering, if you need us to touch upon any type of subject, amen, that you have a problem with understanding or whatever, send us an email. Send us a letter. Drop us a line. Let us know. Amen. And if this ministry is bringing any type of a blessing to you, amen, let us know that also. Amen. Tell a family member, tell a friend, tell someone on your job concerning this Bible study that we engulf in together every Tuesday night at 6.30. Amen. Let us begin our reading from 2 Samuel chapter 19. I'll be reading to you hearing from the King James Version. Therefore, if you have an NIV or Gideon or any other type of Bible in the King James, some of your verses of Scripture may read differently than mine. But I pray that we all receive the same revelation from the scriptures that we embark upon. Let us read. Second Samuel chapter 19, verse 1. And it was told Joab, Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. For the people heard say that day how the king was grieved for his son. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city as people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, O oh, my son Absalom, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab came into the house to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life, and the lives of thy sons and of thy daughters, and the lives of thy wives and the lives of thy concubines. And that thou lovest thine enemies, and hatest thy friends. For thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. Nor for this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived, and all we had died this day, then it had pleased thee well. Now therefore arise, go forth and speak comfortably unto thy servant. For I swear by the Lord, if thou go not forth, there will not tarry one with thee this night. And that will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from, the, from thy youth until now. 
Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told unto all the people, saying, Behold, the king do sit in the gate. And all the people came before the king, for, all, for Israel had fled every man to his tent. And all the people were, were strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines. And now he has fled out of the land of that out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And the king and King David sent to Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house? seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house. Ye are my brethren, ye are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are ye the last to bring back the king? And say ye to Amasa, Are thou not my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned and came to Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gerer, a Benjamite, which was, a, which was of Baharam, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet the king to meet King David. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gerar, fell down before the king as he came, as he was come over Jordan. And said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant do know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first day this, the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zeruah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for, his, for this? Because he cursed the Lord's anointed. And David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruah, that you should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am the day king of all, the king of, over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. And the king sware unto him. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. It came to pass, when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore when is not thou with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My Lord, and he answered, My Lord, O King, my servant deceived me. For thy servant said, I would be saddled me an ass, that 
that I may ride thereon and go to the king because that servant is lame. And he had slandered that servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do therefore thou what is good in thine eyes. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet did thou set thy servant among them that did eat at thine own table. What right therefore have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Zeba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yet let him take all, for as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. And Berezel, the Gileadite, came down from Raglan and went over Jordan with the king to conduct to conduct him over Jordan. Now Barzelia was a very aged man, even fourscore years old, and he had provided the king of substance while he lay at Mahanaim, for he was very great, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Barzelia, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. And Barzelia said unto the king, How long have I to live? that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem. I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant taste what I eat or what I, or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be yet a burden to my lord the king? Thy servant will go a little way over, over Jordan with the king. Why should the king recompense me with such a reward? Let that servant, I pray thee, turn back again, that I may die in my own city and be buried by the grave of my father and of my mother. But behold, thy servant Shimham, let him go over with my lord the king and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. And the king answered, Shimham shall go over with me and I will do to him that which shall seem good unto thee. And whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for thee. And all the people went over Jordan, and when the king was come over, the king kissed Barzella and, and blessed him, and he returned unto his own place. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Shisham went on with him, and all the people of Judah conducted the king and also half the people of Israel. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the, the, the men of Judah, stolen thee away and have brought thee and have brought the king and his household and all David's men with him over Jordan? And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the king is near of kin to us. Wherefore then be angry for this matter? Have we eaten at all of the king's cost? Or had he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten parts in the, in the king, and we have also more right in David than ye. Why then did ye despise us? That our advice should not be first, had in bringing back our king. 
And the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. 2 Samuel chapter 19, verses 1 to verse 43. Amen. What a chapter. Amen. Now the battle is over. Now people is doing what? They're jockeying for positions. They're trying to get David's attention. They're trying to flatter him with words that they can be restored into fellowship with him, be restored back into certain positions of power as David is now coming back into his palace, back to Jerusalem, back into the city of David. But before all of this matter transpire, David yet is still in what? Mourning. While they're trying to jockey for position and, 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 and get this for this one and get that for that one and get position for their for the family, family tribes and all of this, David is weeping and mourning over the death of his son. That's something how some people you find in families, they be jockeying not for position or power, but they be trying to get the money that's left behind by a dead person. They're fussing, they're arguing. They're trying to see what they can get for themselves. David is in mourning, and the rest of the tribes of Israel, they're not mourning or grieving or feeling sorry for David. They're trying to get position. They're trying to get back into power, back into fellowship with David. Because if you can remember when Absalom took over and won the hearts of all the people, he won the hearts of all Israel. He won the hearts of all the, the elders of Israel. And they anointed Absalom to be their king. David fled from out of Jerusalem to keep the city from being burnt down or the, or the, uh, the place of worship, the temple, from being destroyed in this battle. So David took the low road and he left, went out into the wilderness. And all of these people was, was, was cheering and, and anointing Absalom. Now, these same people, you know what this sounds like? What's, what's similar to this is the same thing that they did with Jesus. When he came in on an ass coat, coming into the city of Jerusalem, they, they, they throw palm branches before him. That's where we get Palm Sunday from. They throw palm branches before him. Howling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They cheered him on that week. And in the very next week, they cried, crucifying him. And it's the same thing that, that these people here is, is doing to David. David represents our King Jesus. David is king over Jerusalem, over the people of God. Jesus is king over the people of, of, of the kingdom of God. He's our kinsman redeemer. He's our, our battle-like. He's our bulwark. He's our defendant, our guide. He's all of this for us, as David was for the people of Israel. But when Absalom won their hearts, they cried, crucify David. They ran David out of Jerusalem. Gee, all the time that David was doing good for him, they cheered him. They made songs about him. Uh, Saul killed his thousand, but David killed his tens of thousands. They cheered him. They sang songs about him. They, they patted him on his back and said all kinds of great things about him. But soon as things start going bad, and Absalom began to tell them if he was the rule, the judge over them, how he would rule in their favor. Now, anybody would know with just common sense. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that 
judgment can't be ruled in everybody's favor. Somebody got to be wrong. Somebody got to be right. Somebody got to be rewarded, and somebody got to suffer loss. But Absalom, he fooled these people, telling them that he would give them justice if he was to judge and rule over them. And so what they did, they, they cried for Absalom. The same way they cried when they said, what shall we do with Jesus? They said, crucify him. They said, what you want us to do with Barabbas? They said, give us Barabbas. And so they asked for Absalom, and what they got? They, they got Absalom, and they got trouble with it. You have to be careful who you're cheering for, who you're pulling for. If it's not, if it's not right in the sight of God, you've got to be careful whose side you own. And so now all of these same people who went against David and cheered for Absalom is now jockeying for position. But David is not concerned about any of that. Why? This man had lost his child. Regardless of how wrong Absalom was, regardless of whether he, what he, he's reaping what he sowed, it still don't change the fact that this man had compassion in his heart for his son. This is his flesh. This is his blood. This is a son, a person that he had invested time and money into. He had a greater investment in Absalom than the people. And that's something that a lot of people can't understand. While some people is cheering the death of some, somebody's child that got killed out on the street, oh, he got his, what was due to him, that mother is still hurting. That family is still hurting. Where is our compassion for people today? And we say we're Christians. Jesus said that if we have love one for another, he said, then all men will know that we are his disciples. This is the whole basis of Jesus dying on the cross to show his love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. And if you can look in this chapter with a heart of compassion and eyes of mercy, you can see. You can see Christ inside of David. David is acting out the role that Christ would act out some, some generations later. Because the Bible says he came to what? 42 generations. It wasn't his time yet. It wasn't his time yet, but yet there's a portrayal of him in this chapter. There was a, there's a portrayal of him in this chapter. Now, although they found no, no, no fault in Jesus, they found fault in Absalom because he raised his hand against his father. And the Bible says we should honor our father and our mother that our days may be long and it may be well with us. And so he's being punished. But just because he's being punished for the wrong that he did does not mean that a person should not still yet have compassion. We should, we should still have compassion. Look what, look what the, how, how the chapter opened up. It, closed, it opens up more or less how, it, how chapter 18 ended when David is crying for his son. It opens up in 19 the very same way. Nothing having changed. Although we're in another chapter, we don't know if it's the same day or the, a, a different day, or another week or another month. But this man's heart is still hurt for his son. This man had great, had great plans for his son. Do you realize when a, when a parent had great plans for their child and, and, and the child do something to, to negate those plans, do you realize that's a hurting thing to a parent? After you had invested so much time and energy into this person's life and they choose to take the opposite road, 
Just because a child go wrong don't mean that a, a father or mother lose love for that child. Look how they open. And it was told Joanne, verse 1 in chapter 19, it was told Joanne, behold, the king weeped and mourned for Absalom. Now, what's wrong with that? What is wrong with this man weeping and crying for his child? We find a lot of mothers weeping and crying for their child. Their child might have got out there and had killed somebody, was out there selling drugs or whatever, doing whatever wrong to destroy other people's lives. But do you realize when that child, if that child is killed, or even if he got lifetime in penitentiary, do you realize them, them, them mothers still crying for their children? The only person can really feel what I'm saying and what this chapter is, is, is talking about as it opened up is the person who had been invested in their child. They got some people don't invest in their child. You got some people that turn their back and walk away from their children. So they don't know what it is to have compassion. They don't know what it is to lose a child. If you haven't lost one, well, then don't be talking about somebody else who has lost one. Oh, that child wasn't no good. I don't know why she cried and 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 got on head all hung down. She know that that child was what that child was. Yes, yeah, she may have known what that child was out there doing, but it still don't change the fact that she still loved her child. And it was told Joab. Now, what Joab got to do with this? He didn't raise Absalom. He didn't have no no no, no horse in that race. Joab was only was only kin. He was only a relative. He was only a relative. And it was told Joab, behold, the king weepeth and mourned for Absalom. I hope somebody tell me what's wrong with this man weeping and crying for his child. This man had, had, had great plans for his child. Now his child is dead because he took, he took the wrong road. He might be crying because he might feel to believe that that he partially responsible for the death of this child because he didn't do what he was supposed to do when Amnon raped Tamar and Absalom would have never had to raise his hand to kill Amnon to rectify the fact that he had raped his sister. If David the father would have acted, this could have been saved. He may not have had to go through this with Absalom if he had reacted to chastise Amnon for his action. So it's telling us a lot here in this one verse here that we as parents, we got to take responsibility. We got to take responsibility. The Bible said for us to train up a child in the way that it should go so that when it grow old, it would not depart. And so when we pat our children on the back in the wrong that we know that they're doing, the disrespect that they give to, 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 to elders, a disrespect that they give to the mother and the father don't speak up, the disrespect that they give to the father and the mother don't speak up, you're giving that child a license. You're giving them a license. You're giving her a license. Not only to keep their disrespectful ways up, but to go a little bit farther. And what they're doing is shortening their days. They're shortening their days. And when some tragic happened to that child, your heart going to be broken. Some, some mothers never be right again. Some fathers never be right again once that child is gone. They grieve themselves to death. 
And we can we can save ourselves from this if we would just do what's right by the child and correct them. Spare the rod, spare the child. David spared the rod. He would not chastise Amnon for raping Tamar, and he knew about it. So since he didn't take acts, the proper action, Absalom did, and he killed his brother. And it brought bad feelings between Absalom and his father. So it came to the point that Absalom rose his hand up against his own father to kill him, to run him out of his, his palace, run him out of Jerusalem, to the point that now Absalom now is dead. Amnon dead, Absalom dead, Tamar is disgraced because she was raped. Look at the tragedy that happens to a family when we don't react as parents to do the right thing. You can't love that child that much that you can't tell him or her that they're wrong. That's not love. Jesus, the Bible said, those that, that, that I love, I chasten. He said, if I chastise thee not, thou become a bastard child. And it was told Joab, behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. He's mourning and weeping. It does, not, it does not say what all the things that's running through his mind, what he's looking through his mind back at, what he could have done better to, make, to, to have saved this child. But we do know that he's weeping for the death of this child. He could be weeping for the death of the child because he feels that if he had reacted in a different way, he could have spared this child's life. Somebody need to hear what I'm saying tonight. Verse 2 says, and the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. For the people heard say that day how the king was grieved for his son. Now, normally, when, when you find, when you, when you uh, get victory in a battle, everybody's rejoicing. Everybody is having a merry good time uh, talking about the battle. It's just like a game of sports. When your team wins, you know, everybody's happy and cheering. The same thing in, 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 in these days and time when the battle. The same way like when World War One, and World War Two was over. You, you see it all the time on, being shown how the servicemen, you know, was, was cheering. They was out there kissing women. It wasn't even their wives. You find that even during, during the time when the New Year come in, when they go to sing and old, let all acquaintance be forgotten. Everybody's kissing on one another. You may, they may not even know one another. These people here is cheering, and, and they were supposed to have been cheering and being happy and merry for the victory they had got on that day. But instead of having, having merriness and, and joyfulness, they're in mourning. Why? Because the king is not happy. When the king ain't happy, then the whole house is not happy. When the mother and father is not happy, then there's, there's grief in the whole house. We as parents, we got to step up to the plate. We got to step up to the plate. I know the children, and I know all children have to have fun. What kind of fun is it that's going to cause debt? There's no fun in debt. That's why these people is not cheering. That's why David is not cheering and being merry with the men who, who had got the victory over Absalom and his men. Because guess what? These men that they fought along with Absalom, these was God's people. 
This was the tribe of Israel that had been slaughtered and slain out there. When we, when we opened up chapter 18, you know what the Bible said? The Bible said that there was how many men that died that day? 10,000 men that had died in battle. All of these men had wives. They had children. Some of them was uncles. Some of them was grandfathers. And all of these people is gone. Wives don't have a husband anymore. Children don't have a father. Nephews and nieces don't have an uncle. All of this great loss because one person didn't react to do what was right. That could have, you know, one act could change the whole complexity of a lifetime. That's why the Bible said for us to choose this day. Because this day here could cause us either victory, a life everlasting, or either it can cost us death. He said, choose ye this day who you're going to serve. What you going to do today? And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. Instead of having tears and, 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 and merriness, they had mourning. For the people heard that day how the king was grieved for his son. So they know that the king wasn't wasn't in good spirit, so they wasn't in good spirit. That's what happened to the head. When the head is not in good spirit, then the body is not in good spirit. When a person have a headache, a migraine headache, do you know it affects the whole body? When they have a toothache. Now, everybody who didn't have a toothache know how bad a toothache is. The worst is time at night when uh, 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 the toothache is at night. The lady get look like the, the, the more that tooth thump. And guess what? It affects the whole body. You can't eat. You don't want to drink nothing. You just want to lay down quiet. You don't want no air nothing to get in that mouth. And so it affects your whole body. Your body can't be nourished with food because that tooth is hurting. You don't want to drink nothing because you don't want no liquid, nothing cold to get into that cavity. So now you're thirsty. Your stomach is aching because you're hungry, but you can't eat. So whatever happened to the head, it affects the whole body. And that's all an illustration about what's happening here in Israel right now. Because what's, what's grieving the king now, it falls down to grieve the people. Sitting and being merry and celebrating. They're being quiet. Why? Because they heard how the king was grieved for his son. And the, verse 3 said, and the people got them by stealth that day into the city as people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. So in other words, what this chapter, what this verse of scripture is saying that these people should, that, that, was, that should have been gathered all together and having a merry good time in the victory that they had got, they, 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 they're scattering about going to their own homes, to their tents, in different directions as a person that's fleeing from out of a battle that's trying to save himself from being killed, stealing away in darkness, under the cover of darkness, so nobody will see him. And so they're going away. But they, don't want, they don't want nobody to be, they don't want it to be told David that the people is still out there cheering, they're still happy, they're still being married, even though your son is dead. 
And so they don't want David to look at them in a bad way. So what they did, they just they just dispersing from a crowd. From from being a crowd of people, being merry and having a good time, they're just going away. They're not saying anything. So the Bible said they're stealing away as one would flee in a battle. They're just going away. They're not saying anything to anybody. They're just walking away, going to their own places. Verse King said, but the king covered his face. And the king cried with a loud voice, oh, my son, Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Isn't it the same thing we hear people crying and, and, and laying all over the casket at some of these funerals? People crying for their loved one. They're crying for their loved one. I don't care how bad things was while they was living, but they know that this here is the final, is the final curtain here. The final curtain been dropped on this play. They won't, they won't perform or do anything anymore because why? They did. The Bible says appointed once for man to die. But after death, after this comes what? The judgment. All of us have an appointment to leave away from you. The only thing about you and I, we don't know the day or the time that appointment had been made for you and I. All of us have one. An appointment been set for each and every one of us. The only thing is that we don't know when that appointment day and appointment time is. That's why the Bible said we got to be what? Be ready. We got to be ready. Because no man know the day or the hour when the Son of Man shall appear. So we got to always be ready. But the king covered his face. And the king cried with a loud voice. Oh, my son, Absalom. See, it, it, it lets you know that it doesn't matter what, what type of position or power or what type of job or authority that you have. When death comes, it hurts us all. And I don't care how, how much you have. Don't care how high your position is. You grieve just like anybody else. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you're black or white, or whoever you may be. Death hurts us all. And this here is a man that's familiar with death. He's been fighting since he was a teenager. He killed Goliath as a teenager. Killed Philistines as a teenager. He sang songs about David. So death, he was very familiar with it. And that's something how we can accept death when it's not when it don't hit home. As long as it's not hitting your home, you can accept the fact that somebody else has lost their child. Oh, I feel sorry for 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 so and so. You know, you know, her son got killed. Her son died. Her son was sick in the hospital for a while, and he died. Oh, I know that's gonna hurt that lady. You know, you might know, you might have an a, a idea that it's gonna hurt because you know a mother should love their child, but you never know until once you've lost one one of your own. And the thing about it, everybody love and compassion for the child or whoever it may be, their husband or their wife. It's all different. Some people, some people love a little, and some people love a lot. You know what people say? Some people have graveyard love. 
When they lose somebody, it just drives them straight to the grave. I just saw where, well, not saw, but I've heard where where a, a husband or either the wife had died, and and the other the other party died right at the funeral. I did see where a mother died, and the son grieved himself to death and died the day of the funeral. So, so death affects us all differently. But one thing about it, it will affect you. But the king covered his face. And the king cried with a loud voice, Oh, my son, Absalom. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. You don't hear him saying, Well, Absalom, you shouldn't have did this, and if you shouldn't have did that. No. All he's concerned right now about is the loss of his son. Verse 5 says, And Joab came into the house to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life, and the lives of thy sons and of thy daughters, and the lives of their wives and the lives of thy concubines, and that thou lovest thy enemies and hatest thy friends. For thou hast declared this day, that thou regardest neither princess nor servant. For this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all we had died this day, then it had pleased thee well. Now, what he's, what he's doing here? What he's doing here? He's playing with, with his emotions. He's using reverse psychology on this man. He won't, he won't, he won't to have somebody pat him on the back because you know Joab was one of the generals that had a part of the, 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 uh, David's army to lead them in battle against Absalom. And so what they want, they want recognition. Nobody getting no recognition this day but David because David is crying. He's weeping over his son. And so now he said, look, man, we should have been partying. We should have been having a good time right now. But nobody can have a good time because of you. These people went out there for you. He's not trying to comfort this man. He's trying to make him feel bad about the way he's feeling because of the people who fought for him. Lord, help us here today. Now, at one point, Joab was on Absalom's side. He was the one who 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 came to David with a woman to try and fool David into bringing Absalom back to make David feel bad because Absalom was was in exile. Bring Absalom back. Joab was the one who cooked all of this up. Now, since since the same fellow Absalom is dead, now he's telling David we ought to be rejoicing over this. Now, the thing about it, Absalom was not only the person who died. What about all the rest of them people, wives who lost their husbands? What about all of them children who lost their fathers? What about all of them? That somehow some people could be so self-centered and only think about me, I, and myself. What about all the rest of them people? Because when they went out to battle, the Bible said that the, that the thickets, the, the woods, killed more people there was more people killed with the wood than, than, than the sword devoured. And how many of them died? 20,000 men. 20,000. 
20,000 innocent men. But you can't say that they're innocent. Why? Because they choose to go down that broad path. Straight is the path, broad is the way that many goes and leads unto destruction. But straight is the path and narrow is the way that leads unto life everlasting. Some of us just take the wrong path. And we do it by what? Choice. We do it by choice. Because, look, you don't have to know the Bible. You don't have to know every scripture. One thing God gives us all, and, and the old folks call it mother's wit, to know right from wrong. That's inside of us. That's breaded inside of us. We are born with it, to know right from wrong. And some of us just choose to do wrong. And we want other people to accept the wrong we do. And here, Joab, he didn't have no dog in his sight. All he was worried about, his position in power. He wanted to be recognized for the battle that they won because he was one of the, the generals that led the men out into the battle. And so he wanted recognition. You have to be careful who, of people who just seeking recognition, looking for, for power and position. And we find it in the church. A lot of confusion starts in the church with them same type of people who's trying to get the, the attention of the pastor. They did this and they did that. Regardless of how many people that worked in that, in that auxiliary and had that, 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 that program to function and, and go over a, 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 a spectacular, no, they, want the, they want the recognition. Oh, I had to do this. Oh, I stayed up. So you didn't do all this by yourself, babe. You didn't do all this by yourself. And if you did, give the glory to God. Because he's the one who gave us the mind and the know-how to do all of these things. It's a gift that came from God. And so, the, so, so whatever gift we have to do, all the glory goes to God. But Joab, he's looking for, he's looking for recognition. He's looking for, for, pop, for pats on his back. And instead of the people recognizing, instead of, instead of him being recognized by David and the people for what, uh, for the victory that they had got, there ain't no celebration going on right now. Ain't no trophies being given out. Ain't no medals being given out. No rewards being given out. Because why? King David is in mourning over his son. And so he makes the man feel bad, even worse than what he feel. You know, that, that reminds me of, it reminds me of, of how these three guys who call themselves Joy, Job friends went to him. Oh, Job, you must have did something wrong for God to put all of this upon you. Not knowing that God allowed this to happen. They're blaming, they're blaming Job that he sinned that did something wrong for God to punish him in that manner. But here God is, is dependent on Job to stand for him and open the door and allow Satan to attack him. And Job stood. He stood strong to the point where, they, where, where God had to have Joab to go pray for these same fellows. Job had to go pray for these same fellows. Here, here Joab stood at him Stepping up to the plate and comforting the man. 
he making the man feel bad? Telling him what he should have did. How he should be reacting. You shouldn't even be thinking about the death of your son, man. You didn't shame us this day, man. You done made us feel bad. Not only me, but all the servants, all the people who came out here to fight for you. All of us feel bad. We just saved your life, the life of your sons and daughters, the lives of your wives and your concubines. All the stuff that you had, we just saved it for you. And you, 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 ain't, you, ain't got, you ain't got, you can't say thank you? You can't pat us on the back? You can't give us no recognition? All you can do is holler about Absalom? It makes us feel like you love your enemies more than you love your friends. You ain't regard no princess. You ain't even regard your servants. But I believe, look what he said, for this day I perceive. This is When you perceive something, it's not the fact, there's no facts. You don't have the facts. You're just perceiving it. This is what you're thinking. When you perceive something, these are your personal thoughts. I perceive that if Absalom had lived, you'd have felt much better. If he lived, then all of us would have died. If that's how you feel, then. Now, he's, he's, he's more or less in a, in, a, in a verbal confrontation with this man while this man's heart is broken and hurting from the loss of his son. You know, when a person loses somebody and they're crying and stuff, we don't know what's all going through their mind. We don't know what all that they're reminiscing about or things that they could that they're thinking about what they could have done different to save the life of their child. But here you're talking this crazy talk to these people. That's no heart of compassion. At all. All he's caring about in these verses, these, these, these seven verses of Scripture that we've covered, is his own self-centeredness about him not being rewarded or recognized for the victory that they got. And he's using other people. He's throwing everybody else in there. Now, if you notice in the, in the earlier verses of Scripture, the people are stealing the way, going away to their own, to the, into the city. They were stealing away. There was there was dispersing from a crowd of people that should have been partying and having a good time. They're going back into the city. Why? Because they see that the king is grieved. So they're not they're not they're not standing into the city to have this big party like people gather together during the time before the ball drop at midnight. All these people, especially like in New York or different places, a whole big group of people is gathered all in one place waiting for the ball to drop. So these people here is waiting for the, for the, for the music to, to start playing and the band to start kicking up a beat so they can start having a good time, bring out the wine and bring out the ladies and let us have a good time. This is not happening. This is not happening. And so now Joab is upset about this. We, not, we ain't having no party like we used to have. We're not having a good time like we should be having in this victory. And, man, you're the one who causing this. This is what he's saying to him. He's not concerned about how he feel about the loss of his son. He's concerned about how he's not being recognized in the victory that he helped them to get when Absalom got killed. Because if you notice, it was Joab and the men that was with him was the one who killed Absalom. 
So these, these verses of Scripture need to let us know that we need to be more mindful of people whose heart is broken when they've lost some loved one. The Bible says, mourn with them that mourn, but rejoice with those that rejoice. There's a time for rejoicing, and there's a time for mourning. And we need to know, we need to, we be able to, need to know, know the difference. Even Solomon, when he, when he wrote the third chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, to everything there's a season and a time, to every purpose under the heaven. There's time for different things. There's time for it. And our problem is that we don't know the time. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. It's not no time for this, time for weeping now, time for mourning now. A prince has been killed. And see, this is the thing about it. He wasn't just, a, just Absalom. He was Prince Absalom. He was David's son. David is the king. And that made him a, the prince of Israel. One of our princes have fallen. And it and this and it's time to dance and be merry. This concludes our lesson on tonight. I pray that something was said tonight in the opening of this chapter that we have taken to heart and consider, consider others. Just think, what happened to others, it could be you. And so we need to have compassion for other people. The same compassion that you would want them to have for you. The Bible said, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. I pray that the word been a blessing to one and all. And I do pray that we learn the lesson from this. I hope that something that was said out of these uh, seven verses of Scripture have resonated somewhere in your mind, your heart, or in your spirit. Hopefully in the home. Don't forget, tell a, tell a family member, tell a friend, tell someone on your job, tell somebody in the community. Listen in at this Bible study. Well, the only thing we talk about is life. We talk about things that happen every day in life. From the very scriptures that, that was written over 2,000 years ago. For what is, has been already. For there's nothing new under the sun. For I'm the same God today as I was yesterday and forevermore. For I'm a God, and I change not. Just different characters, that's all. That's all the thing been changed in, in this thing we call life. Different characters. But the same play being played over and over. And the readings that we have from the, from the Holy Bible is only there to guide us into making the proper choices. That's all it's there for. To help us and to guide us into making the proper choices. Paul said, for all things were written aforetime for our learning, that we through the comfort of the scriptures that we might have hope. And our hope is a blessed hope. The people who lived this before us, they wrote this book with their own lives. They didn't have all that to live by and to make choices by. They had to go through it. So when we receive revelation, God looks for us to do what? Make application. So may God bless you, my friends, my saints, my sisters, and my brothers.
May God, for God forever keep you, for this is our prayer. This concludes our service for tonight. May God bless you and keep you. Good night, saints.